we have found that in our outreach efforts, the most successful methodology has been LinkedIn outreach. LinkedIn is something that you have to do a bit of a dance with because if you jump into LinkedIn and you basically just connect with somebody and then throw up your value proposition message one out of the gate, it's a lot like just going around bars and just asking a girl if she'll uh, you know, marry you. It's like, you should probably start with the dating process. You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. So hello and welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, I'm sure you'll agree that all work, no play can make for a pretty limiting existence, and that's even if you love what you do. And I'm sure that at times in your career, it's felt like this is exactly what's going on for you, because you've probably had so much to do, right? Marketing for new clients, trying to generate leads, having sales conversations, welcoming new clients on board and serving the ones you have. And that's not even mentioning everything else that goes into your role, like staffing issues, admin and keeping up with your accounts, which is why you really need to be taking advantage of some of the amazing tools available to you today to get more out of your time, which is exactly what my guest today is going to help uh, is going to talk about. Now, what's interesting about my guest today, he refers to himself as the laziest salesman in America. And he's passionate about leveraging technology and automation to suppress revenue targets so he can help protect uh, golf and bar time for the salespeople of the world. That's a pretty noble mission if there ever was one. Now, with over 20 years of sales experience under his belt, today he's the vice president of sales for On Course, which is a sales engagement platform that gives your, which gives you sales automation, email and SMN sequences and calling all in one powerful platform. And that not only helps you crush your sales goals, but it gives you more of a precious gift. That's more of your time. So I know you're going to love what he has to say today and why I'm delighted to welcome Jesse Shecklington onto the show today. Jesse, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Oh, Adam, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Well, um, it's, uh, it's a little bit early in the morning for you and, and maybe you'd be, uh, uh, I don't know, on the golf course by now. I don't know if, uh, if you're not the, uh, the early riser type and uh, that's, what, <laughs> that's what you like to do is protect the, uh, the, uh, the golf and bar time with, um, with what you do. And I'm sure the question on everybody's lips listening to this is, what's your handicap, Jesse? Oh, man, I wish it was as good as it is, but it's, I'm a 13. <laughs> I drink well, too. I, pretty good. I drink too much beer to get under a ten on the golf course. It just doesn't work <laughs> out, you know. When you when you're a guy like me, I'm married. I got two young daughters. I'm just taking that four hour window of time, and I'm milking it for all it's worth. <laughs> well, as a as a fellow dad of two daughters as well, you'll have to uh, you'll have to give me some tips on how to uh, carve out that four hour window. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means early in the morning, man. You got to get those seven thirty eight a.m. tea times, honey. I promise I'll be back by one. Just gonna go play some golf, grab a beer. I'll be home. Don't worry about it. Uh, we'll go do right. something fun with the girls when we get home. But 
yes, no, trying to protect the bar in uh, golf time for the salespeople of the world. And what I really kind of mean by that is simply there's just in the sales profession, I've been doing it for a long time. There's just a lot of what I would say are menial tasks that you don't really have to burn a lot of calories on. You know, it's just kind of the follow-ups, the filling out, the, you know, I mean, for the longest time and in probably in most uh, organizations and sales teams, you know, nobody's like super stoked about their CRM. <laughs> I'm not sure there's many people that have woken up in the morning and gone, I cannot wait to uh, log into my CRM. And well, and the biggest challenge is we have really large organizations where they find like our CM, our CRM usage is basically nothing until about an hour before our sales call, uh, management sales call, and then everyone's rushing to throw in their opportunities and have something to talk about in a cadence call. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, so we're certainly trying to get people past that. Yeah. So so why don't you give a, a, a little bit more of a description around um, you know your company and, and the people you solve? but also a bit about the kind of situations that they might find themselves in before they make a decision to come on board with you guys. Sure. So um, OnCourse, um, as you said, the intro is a sales engagement platform. Um, and most people, when I, as soon as I say sales engagement platform, they're like, oh, cute. You found a new word for CRM. Um, and there actually is a little bit of a difference. And so a CRM is traditionally you know, that kind of database that keeps your client information, keeps your history information. There's usually a reporting and, you know, opportunity management type piece. Usually there's a little task management piece. Where we get into the bridge of sales engagement platform is when we start hooking up the actual communications tools to the CRM itself. And so the ability to, in one simple location, be able to send out bulk email, bulk SMS, do some LinkedIn prospecting, do some... Uh, calling, have the sentiment analysis and recording on your calls and things like that. And so there's, it's kind of like the overall package is just as a company. So our mothership is called ZibTech and it's a custom software development company. And we had lots of people that were coming through the door asking for a custom CRM and they didn't really have the budget for it. And then on top of that, uh, we were experiencing a little pain because we had Salesforce and we had MailChimp and we had like six tools that we were using and paying for. There was lots of logins. None of them really talked to each other fairly effectively. And so it was kind of a pain point. And so it was like a double whammy, Adam, where you have not only a problem in your own business, you know, we're a service business trying to find clients and all that. And our sales process where our bills start at like $20,000 a month in sales tools. And before we knew it, we were spending like $60,000 a month in sales tools. We're like what happened here? Cause I don't remember approving any changes. Um, so absolutely. I mean, sometimes one of the best ways to improve your profitability is go back and look at the software tools that you've been subscribed to. Right. Do we actually have a guy and I don't think he'll mind, but we actually had a guy come in and want us to build a, um, it was a SAS tool to create, to control your SAS tools. <laughs> like you manage like your logins and expirations and subscriptions. I was like, all right, you know, things have eventually have officially gotten weird. 
Um, yeah, but I'll tell you what, it was probably something that a lot of businesses out there could actually benefit from. Oh, for sure. So anyway, so we had the problem kind of managing all that. And then with the clients, we're like, okay, well, we got the chops. We've built a bunch of these before. Let's just build one that can be highly configurable. Um, so that we can have the ability to niche down. We knew what we didn't like of the existing tools that we'd used in the marketplace. Um, and in the CRM space, I mean, there are 364 different CRM softwares out there. The market um, is somewhat, you know, you have a lot of different tools. And then Salesforce, obviously, they own 19% of that market. Yeah. So you got to actually have like a real problem to solve, to differentiate yourself in this space. Yeah. And of those 364, a lot of those solutions have really gone to the point where they're niching down to various industries. And that can be an extremely positive thing for your business, but it can also be a limiting thing where you're not really going to be seeing the latest and greatest um, because you're so narrowly focused in your market and you're not seeing what maybe other industries are doing that you might be able to steal from and, you know, round peg, square hole, create to make yeah. your own solution for your business. And so, yeah, absolutely. Because you can learn so much from um, other industries and understand what the parallels could mean to you just because you might not serve a client in a particular way. It doesn't mean that you can't learn from the actual underpinning principles that have made another person or another um, business successful in another industry. Oh, and, and no area greater than when it comes to outreach, right? And trying to gain new clients. Um, Absolutely. So, but to, to kind of answer your question a little bit, it's it really was out of, out of necessity. And then we kind of built this thing and we actually, we got the tool up and running in January of 2019. We had beta users throughout um, the year and then we officially launched in September. And since September, we've been running and chugging, man. We have 50, the 200, the 250. So we're slowly, we're bringing on clients. Um, and the cool thing about selling a CRM, Adam, is you get to use your CRM to sell your CRM um, or well, sales yeah, engagement you've got platform. To, uh, eat your own dog food, or as a, a previous <laughs> guest sold me, a, a little bit of a more eloquent way of saying it, drink your own champagne. So. Oh, I do like that. <laughs> so it is a little more highbrow. Um, yes, absolutely. So, but yeah, so um, we were able to employ a bunch of these methods and really kind of like lock down um, a couple of the secrets and really find our tool um, mm -hmm. and how it can help other organizations. And then also just kind of the automation in general, being able and kind of about that, that differentiation piece is really we're trying to not only bring um, the software solution but also help people understand uh, how they can actually employ methods to use the tool. I mean, one of, I think, mm -hmm. the biggest um, complaints people have about companies like mine is they get in and they only really understand how to use 20 or 30%. And then you have all these widgets and these shiny buttons and it's like, I don't know, you sold me on a bunch of this cool stuff, but now I'm by myself on my desk and I have no idea how to put this together. Mm -hmm. And so we are trying to take a little bit more of a hands-on approach to kind of coach people through like here is, you know what I mean? Here's a sports car, but we're also going to give you a driving lesson. Mm. Yeah. Because without that kind of underpinning of the actual principles and the knowledge of how to work the tool, it is just a tool. Um, and, and a tool can actually create something very different in different people's hands with a different kind of experience and knowledge of using that tool. And I guess that maybe 
without putting words into your mouth, I'm thinking that maybe people, when they think about getting a CRM or a automation platform of some kind, they think, well, that's the answer to my problems. Whereas actually, no, that's just the first step towards the answer. You've got to work out how to use it. Oh, 100%. I mean, we, we have some, and we'll talk about in a little bit, like these sequencing type solutions. And if you're using that to only just do an email drip, like you're breaking my heart, right? So, um, yeah, the, so I guess if we start at like kind of the beginning of the story, as far as, you know, people's journey to find tools that can fit their business, um, a couple of things I tell everyone, and that is, this is not a decision to be made in isolation. Your, your business was successful before you got a software tool. So let's not change all the processes in the business to go around this new tool that a guy like me sold you the dream on. You need to, you know, actually find out like, okay, what is going to be the most complimentary software to my existing, like you're winning, you have, you're winning, you have a business. What we're trying to do is amplify that winning, not, you know, completely reinvent the wheel. So that's the number one thing is understanding how you sell your product. So take, for example, in the, in the custom development business, which is a very, um, you know, it's, if it's a service, we sell our service, um, mainly referral base and gaining new clients can be tough. Um, and the other big problem about working in the service industry is if you're really effective at your job, you work yourself out of work, which is also awesome to be a sales rep in that situation. Uh, it makes it a little bit more challenging. So you really have to keep that pipeline going. And if you even look sideways for a minute and you're not constantly doing that outreach, I mean, as most business professionals know, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? Like stagnant is just not an option. So being able to um, get something in place that consistently does your outreach for you is critical, um, especially if you have a service-owned business. Hey, how you doing? Adam here, and I wanted to quickly let you know about a brand new 15-minute video training where I show you how to get 5, 10, 15, 25 or more predictable sales appointments every month in just 30 minutes a day, and how you can do all of that without cold calling, networking, relying on referrals, or any of that kind of stuff. Now, I've added that to the podcast gift page, which you can find at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. That's thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. And you'll also see all of the other resources and gifts that I've created on that page as well. So hope you go and check that out and, uh, and enjoy what you find. So until you do that, let's get back to the show. So when you say consistently does your outreach for you, I'm sure that can conjure up some different scenarios in people's mind but do you want to give us an example of how that would look in the real world yeah so we have so for example um in our business we sell to a lot of um our target customer is we do a lot of healthcare work and mainly our decision maker is like a cio or cto and those are the people that we're reaching out to um, not traditionally people that love jumping on the phone. Um, and we have found that in our outreach efforts, the most successful um, methodology has been LinkedIn outreach. Mm -hmm. And LinkedIn is something that 
you have to do a bit of a dance with because if you jump into LinkedIn and you basically just connect with somebody and then throw up your value proposition message one out of the gate, um, I mean, it's a lot of like just going around bars and just asking a girl if she'll uh, you know, marry you. It's like, you should yeah. probably start with the dating process. Like you should probably do a thing. So LinkedIn is a lot similar to that in the sense that like you do need to connect you do need to, you know, I mean, this, you have to understand the other person, what's going on and actually filter out and have a conversation to see mm. if there is even a problem to solve. Um, and that process can be um, time consuming and you do have to have a patient and it's a slow burn, so to speak. But the way that our tool automates that thing. So LinkedIn, based on how many connections you have, LinkedIn will let you connect with 200 to 250 people a day. And if you are trying to use LinkedIn by itself and follow up with inbox, I don't know, Adam, if you've done any LinkedIn outreach in your life, but trying to scroll through to get the bottom of a LinkedIn inbox yeah. is like next level frustrating and impossible. hundred percent. I mean, it's a big part of, um, yeah, what I, personally also help people with but it is also one of the things that has that power but at the same time you unless you have a methodology for um keeping track of it yes it can get massively massively overwhelming quite quickly yeah especially when you're trying to do 200 people a day and yeah. you got to personalize some of these steps right so yeah. Yeah. you know we have a chrome plugin that goes along with on course and I don't know if you're familiar with like a duck soup or some of these other mm -hmm. tools, but it, um, it works a lot like that only in our um, particular way, our plugin works and it puts them into what we call as a automated sequence. Some people call them cadences. Some people call them campaigns. All these terms are synonymous. So it will go through put, and then it literally will go in and it will not only do the connections and get some of their basic information and capture that automatically into the sales tool, so you're also, as any business leader in the service industry knows, that email list or that warm client list that you're allowed to communicate to is an extremely valuable thing. And so adding into that thing um, is great in itself. But then also, you it'll hit you with these kind of automatic prompts and messages. And so you can lay out, you know, a nice little six, seven message sequence that will, you know, base, you're not what I want to make sure that I'm being clear on is that we're not trying to take the personal touch out of it. Right. Mm. We're just trying to set up the follow-up. And I talk about outreach is like, you're passing the ball, right? Like you're just throwing the ball to people and seeing who's going to throw the ball back. As soon mm. as they throw the ball back and they actually like, Oh, Hey, what are you talking about? I'd like to, you know, get to know you more. Then everything shuts down and it goes to a very personal um, conversation. But in the interest of just trying to warm people up, um, we had a client of ours um, and they're actually a multi-level marketing company called Pawtree. They sell um, like dog treats if your dog has bad breath or something. They have like all these different bones and stuff for that. Um, I've never met a dog with good breath. And so they got a great pipeline for business. Um, but the... Uh, but the thing was, is that we ended up getting all these outreach things for them and we didn't really know how it was going to go. And at the time I was really getting jazzed and I know that you use it a lot um, in this like email embedded video. 
I thought it was super yeah. cool. I had an awesome young saleswoman sell me on something with it. She used a little video. She had a whiteboard. It said Jesse on it. I was like, how come I not going to click? You know, it was hook, line, and sinker. Um, and so I got really into that. I'm like, I told the Botry people, I'm like, oh, this is going to go gangbusters. You're going to love this. Um, and like everything I tried for the first time, failed completely. So <laughs> I was like, why? Why? Why didn't it work? Um, and so with the kind of sequences, we also, you get feedback on how people are like opening, clicking, deleting, and you can kind of get some A-B testing on messaging and stuff like that. And what we really learned is that, Adam, I'm not a psychologist. I'm the worst person to comment on this at all. But something's going on because people generally delete the first six emails. I mean, Adam, when's the last time that you got a two-paragraph email from somebody that you didn't know and you actually read it? Um... <laughs> Never. <laughs> Certainly, yeah, not not yeah, a cold outreach one for sure, and and yeah, anything like on on LinkedIn. If yeah, if you've just connected, and then as you say, you get a, a word vomit of two thousand words on every service that they offer, and you know, do I want to talk about it? Whoa, no, thank you. Yeah, um, nobody's nobody's wanna, reading that. That's the leg hump, as uh, one of my previous guests uh, <laughs> referred to it as. It's um, I'm amazed that people still think that that is an effective way of doing things, but people do well and um, and i i mean i always tell everyone like email is certainly not dead and you're never going to get a better roi on anything else that you do than email but used effectively you have to understand that those first six emails that you're sending out are getting deleted so you might as well just say what's up hey how you doing this one to keep it short keep it sweet don't put a lot of don't burn a lot of calories in that because what we've learned through our outreach is that it didn't come until we slotted that video into the seventh step and the engagement went through the roof so right. something happens where people have to like see you it's like here's an email from adam all right delete mm -hmm. here's another one delete delete all of a sudden okay adam's not going away okay like sorry what does adam actually want and then they actually get engaged and it's usually around that time if you can put like a video message in there that's when people start you can set the hook so to speak to use you know, mm. for your show. Um, but uh, I mean, well, that's interesting. Yeah, because I mean, we all yeah, depending on where you listen and, you know, people are told, yes, it takes X number of um, points of contact um, before somebody is well, normally when they say that before somebody is ready to buy. I think what you're talking about here is sometimes it takes seven points of contact just to get somebody to pay attention to you. If, if we're just talking about the inbox, for example. Oh, yeah. And um, have you had people come on talking about the Topo report in the past at all? No, no, nobody's mentioned that. Oh, uh, so the, uh, the Topo report is a third party that they basically all they do is measure sales outreach. And they take about 260 to 300 companies, they study everything they've done, and they put up some stats together. And they throw things in three different things. You use the inbound lead, an outbound lead, and account-based lead. And so for an inbound lead, there is eight to 10 touches is what it takes to get someone to cut you a check. Um, outbound lead actually gets from 14 to 16. And even though it might sound a little weird because you think it'd be easier, an account-based lead is actually 16 to 20. Because there's just so much... Think, you know, mm. so much communication that happens in general. Mm. So to navigate into a productive sales conversation can be difficult. So mm. um, 
you, you have to burn a lot of calories in today's day and age. And not only do you have to burn a lot of calories in communication, but on top of that, everybody just wants to talk in their own little special snowflake way. You're never really sure how you're going to grab someone. Is this an email guy? Is this a phone guy? Is this a, you know, LinkedIn guy? Like, I mean, it got into... We're all on our guard, aren't we? What's Let's that? be honest. Everybody's on their guard because there's quite a lot of this bad use of things like outreach. And yeah. so, you know, we're, it's almost like something comes up and, and, and our our hands are in front of our face like we're, we're preparing to box in a way, <laughs> you know, from a, 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 I don't know, metaphorical point of view. And our, the, the, the aim of our, our marketing, our sales approach and all the rest of it, it's to gradually let them lower that guard. And I'm not going to say so you can punch them in the face because that's not what I mean. But it's, it's more just to lower that guard so that they know that you're a friend and not an enemy. And that's an excellent way to put it. I mean, it is, there's something certainly that's happening there that ends up, you know, you do have to kind of disarm them, so to speak, to your point. And what I think good sales professionals do versus mediocre sales professionals, because you said you didn't want to say beat them to the point there is find your target and they're just going to beat the heck out of them until they talk to us. Um, and that's our strategy, right? One that kills it for yeah. the rest of us. But, you know, you got to just, I mean, it used to be, they used to write sales books about like, uh, mm finding the problem, you know, like problem mind and all this other kind of language. Um, now you better bring everything in a box and a pretty little bow. Here's a problem I found for you. Here's the solution I found for you. And here's how we can implement it. Ready? Go. Are you in? Um, and I think that if you have open conversations with people and you can get them to share, um, that's your best bet on finding out. I mean, reality of today's business is, you can only pretend to sell for so long because if you're not actually solving a problem, it's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to stay. You're just going to keep chasing business over and over and over. So you might as well spend your time finding clients that actually need your service and taking the time because you can burn a lot of calories and a lot of cash looking for clients. And if they're not a good fit and you're forcing it, forcing the marriage, so to speak, you're forcing <laughs> the marriage for the kids. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. If, if you're forcing it, it's, it's just never going to work out in the long term. So taking absolutely. the time and that's another part of when we bring people on and we ask them about what kind of people they're targeting, you know, what is that decision maker? Because if you download a 15,000 you know, list from Zoom info of clients who just beat the heck out of them. You're going to get, uh, you probably get a little bit of love out of that. But what have you done to your reputation and how many people have you burned throughout that process? And so yeah. use the horsepower, but set it up, take the time to do it right and use it rifle, not shotgun mm -hmm. approach. I like, uh, I, I like what you're saying because one of, one of the, really one of the core values that I have and that um, is behind everything that I do to help people. It's, uh, I call it a, str a strategy of conversational relationship marketing, right? And so it's all about how you can go out and start and continue conversations with a very specific group of human beings you can either add value to, do business with, or collaborate with in order to open doors of opportunity for each other, right? And so the way I now look at marketing and sales outreach and all that kind of thing the only thing you're there to do is to start a conversation and that's what great marketing that's what great salespeople do they are masters at opening conversations with a very specific group of person and it's all about how you approach that 
you do it with respect, you have manners, you have good ethics, and it's all about, yeah, how you do that to open that engagement. So as you say, you're throwing the ball and you're waiting for people to throw it back. There are certain approaches that will have more people throwing you the ball back. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's all about just being, showing up and asking questions. It's one of the best ways to start a conversation. Um, you know, thanks for connecting. Um, what kind of connections are you looking for most right now? And, and I'll make sure I introduce you appropriately to my network. Like, that's a question. That's not a normal thanks for connecting message, is it? It's, it's yeah. very, very different. Well, and always looking at every opportunity is mutually beneficial, right? Mm. Make sure you're bringing as much value as you're extracting from that conversation. You know, I tell, Absolutely. so just like every other sales team in the world, we have SDRs that then push, push people through the hopper into our AEs that actually close the deal. And I tell the SDRs, like, you need to sell this demo based on the value of the demo itself. You know, mm. you can't just, again, you hear me say it all the time, just stop throwing up. I hate when people throw up their value prop at me. <laughs> right? um, but you're asking for somebody's time. And so tell them, like, give them some pieces that are going to be valuable to them just by yeah. listening to our demo and hearing out our strategy. And I Absolutely, think that's because you only sell the next step, don't you? And you're selling the benefit of, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all busy as, 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 as we've already identified. Everybody's busy. And to actually surrender whatever it might be, 40 minutes, an hour on a demo, you have to make the demo itself valuable, that they're going to get something out of it. And it's not going to be a waste of their time so they don't come off it at the end thinking, well, not only was, was that not for me, um, it was a waste of my time. And I don't really like anything that that company then stood for because they didn't respect my time and all that kind of stuff. And I think there's, there's that deeper um, impact that that can have. And because you're never selling to the person in front of you. Sometimes you are, I guess. You're not always selling to the person in front of you is probably a better way of saying it. You're, you're selling as well to everybody behind them. Oh, network. Yeah, no, I mean, word of mouth, especially for those of us in the service industry, word of mouth is the best thing we got, you know, referral, mm -hmm. people are like, hey, do you have a software guy? Oh, yeah, go talk to Jesse at ZipTech. He'll take you out. Like, that's music to my ears, right? Like, that's what mm -hmm. I strive to do is to get that happening. And to your point, whether it's a demo or it's just like getting somebody in for a consultation, making sure that you're teaching something, that, teaching them something new that they didn't know about their problem or your particular solution or what they should be looking mm -hmm. for towards solution gains a lot of speed. I mean, people, if gone inappropriately, you can get a little too, what I would say, greedy in the sales process or mm -hmm. um, not really take the time to just make sure you've alleviated everyone's concerns. I mean, it's onboarding a new client is as costly as onboarding a new employee. You know, those mm -hmm. out there listening who are business owners, um, there's a cost to all this stuff and you're putting investment in every single client you bring in through the door. And so let's do it right, you know, and you can Absolutely. do that right by making sure that you have a, you know, measured way that you go about things. And, you know, one of those other things that I tell people when they're looking for software tools and they're trying to get interested in is what's your best sales rep doing? What is the best, what is the guy that bring in the most business? What is he doing? All right. So let's take a look at him and let's see if we can utilize our tool to amplify what he does across the whole sales team. Or if you just have one or two guys in a sales team, let's make them 10 times as powerful, but let's not change the ingredients or the recipe to the secret sauce. Let's just make a bigger bowl. Mm, you know? Absolutely. Um, so 
why don't like sort of following on from that that thought then have you got an example then because i think case studies or examples of you know things like that we're talking about here because you and i are kind of automation systems geeks and we can talk about you know the software but i think anyone listening is probably thinking okay I, i can't quite conceptualize it so would why don't you try and uh, give us either an example of, of, of a client that's come in and used use this or how you've used this for yourself? And and almost a step-by-step, if you were starting with, say, LinkedIn as an outreach, taking them through the client journey to becoming a client, what do those steps look like? And what are the key things to be uh, to be aware of along that journey that you need to get right from a, from first of all, a relationship point of view, but then also from that um, leveraging the uh, the technology point? Sure. So um, let me tell you a little bit about, um, and this is like the funniest niche business ever, but these guys do huge money. It's unbelievable. But they are elevator maintenance people. They have a massive elevator maintenance service. And I couldn't believe that this was even like a market Um, but this exists. And if you really think about it, you're like, yeah, there's a lot of elevators out there. So obviously someone had to do something. Um, But these guys are constantly having to reach out to, you know, hotels, office buildings, property management companies, all these people consistently. And it's their struggle was almost like a plumber. Like, what are you going to do? Like, people don't really look for a plumber unless like you got a serious situation. The hot water heater blew up. You got a leaky pipe, like yeah. a plumber going around knocking on doors. Be like, Hey, you got anything leaking is a terrible sales strategy. It's like the worst case scenario. <laughs> um, and these guys are kind of up against that problem um, with, you know, exceptions of some maintenance packages and stuff like that. They sell. Um, but what we did is that we realized, um, you know, so we need to create an outreach for them. And they had already a nice warm email. Um, they had a pretty good client list that they had, and they just weren't really sure how they'd go about really capitalizing on it without, and the owner was, he would say, I would say the polar opposite of us. This was not a gentleman who was technology friendly. Um, and I was just, you know, <laughs> some, I was just some kid trying to go in there and just, you know, where he was not having it. And I just said, listen, I already sold your sales guys on it. We're going to make this work. Just, you know, give me 90 days and, you know, let's see what happens. So um, we kind of were uphill from the get-go and proving our worth to him. And so we started out by creating these automated outreaches because one of the things, they had a certain amount of inbound leads that came in and the challenge that they faced was that they, sales reps were constantly just kind of, We'll say relying on the inbound and not really taking enough time to pull some stuff out of the market or form any new relationships. And so we're like, how can we get these guys doing more outreach than just inbound? And what because we- that's actually a, a challenge, isn't it? Because I mean, there's even companies out there like um, uh, HubSpot, for example. If anyone knows anything about CRMs, HubSpot being the inbound marketing software, right? Their, yeah. their entire thing. Like you, you, you Google anything to do with marketing, you're probably going to find a HubSpot article. But what a lot of people don't realize is HubSpot, while now, yes, there's very much around the inbound stuff, the majority of their, their start and the growth at the beginning came because of the outreach that they did. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and there's a bit of a, a, a mentality, I think, at the moment. And I've fallen victim to this in the past, is that, oh, right, well, if I just, um, you know, put out 
helpful content and stuff, people will find me and come to me. It does happen, but yeah. you have to get to a certain, um, yeah, a certain level of Mar- consistent. Yeah, marketing's a slow burn. I mean, anytime you're trying to build something up, um, to, we'll just pivot real quick. I'll go back to my story. Mm-hmm. Marketing is a slow burn in the sense that you are literally putting together these little building blocks and slowly and surely you're building your building blocks up and up with all these different activities and white papers and podcasts and all kinds of stuff you're doing to hopefully generate all that inbound. And this inbound can be beautiful, but the weird thing about inbound is versus outbound is outbound. You're pursuing someone a, you know, has a need B it's business that you really want. So you've qualified this customer inbound. You're not exactly sure what's going on. You got to weed through. All right. Does this guy got money? Does he not have money? Is he actually going to do this? Is he not going to do this? Is this a dance? Am I getting shopped? Am I actually, is he really interested in doing business? There's a whole thing to do when outbound um, you're much more targeted and you know, it's your idea that you're stemming that initial thought into the mm. you know prospect's mind when you go. So we were like, all right, so we got to get these guys into some more outbound outreach. Um, so we took two channels and that was where we were going to automate a lot of the email marketing and we were going to automate their LinkedIn outreach. And between those two channels, here's the stats. So on a daily basis, as I mentioned before, LinkedIn, you can only reach out to 200, 250 connections per day. On email, per email address, um, especially if it's a lot of that um, repetitive kind of same message type email, um, you have to really worry about burning your domain. What you want, you got to be really careful about. It's just all the automation in the world goes straight to the jump box. That's not going to be helpful, right? So you got to protect your domain. You got to protect. Um, and so per email address and per sales rep, we're actually able to reach out to now 450 people a day. And so where they were doing zero, now we're reaching out to 450 people a day. Um, And now they have two guys, so we're at 900 a a day is what we're reaching out to and we're crushing and we're filling up this huge hopper. So how the automation works, well, email is fairly straightforward, so we'll go with that quickly, right? So message one, and I spoke with before, you just kind of want to introduce yourself. I like to send out a lot of graphics and emails for the first couple to maybe see if we just can't um, get a quick engagement or, oh, what was that? Okay, whatever. Um, and you're not really going to sell them on that, but just understanding that it's a process and understanding that there is a little bit of timing and we want to pepper a couple of different things in the mix in our email outreach. People have no problem deleting your name on top of an email. For some reason, we have emotional detachment. It doesn't seem real to us. So you can do that. So at an email outreach, you can expect to get 2% interaction, which isn't great, but it's something. If you put a voicemail in the middle of it, that number jumps to 12%, which, all right, hey, we're getting a little love here. So, you know, once they've heard your name in a voicemail or two, because let's face it, you're not getting through. Um, and you don't want to spend too much time cold calling these days because you'll have two, three minutes on every call in a phone tree trying to navigate. So it's not a very functional use of time. But you do want to pepper a couple of those in there just to make sure that people know it's a real person that's calling me and reaching out to me. And they will make that connection. And then you go through it. So you want to insert some of those things. And then you'll have a couple automated steps. And you'll set up a manual task. 
Um, and this is not new information. This is people that's really well out there, but the rule is called two by two. You take two minutes and you find out two personal things. You can attach to an email, you deliver to that. And so you set up a couple emails for that. Um, I like to make them more comical. I feel like when somebody laughs at something, they usually get a little more interested. Um, but you set up that, that outreach, right? And so that is anything from a, you know, 10 to let's call it 14 message campaign. And again, these can be graphics. It can be very short emails. No big deal. We're just trying to get the name out and maybe we will hit somebody with a cracked pipe, you know, in their house. Who's to say? Um, on the LinkedIn side, it's a little bit more complicated in the sense that, you know, we can help you. Um, most people that do LinkedIn outreach use Sales Navigator and we can help you inside that Sales Navigator functionality where you can set up, you know, with the plugin, that first initial connection. And the second message, more than anything else in the world, just needs to be a thank you. You don't need to do anything else past a thank you, right? Thank you so much for connecting, blah, 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 right? Yeah. The third message we tend to, we want to, we're kind of big in the soft sell in my organization. I don't really like the hard pressure stuff. I don't like to go through. And so we soft sell it. And basically we're just like, Hey, out of curiosity, are you using any tools? Do you have any interest? You know? And so we just throw something out there. Um, we try to make it conversational. We try to make it open-ended. Um, the last thing you want is to leave yourself with a no or yes question. That's Absolutely. bad for business. Um, Cause to your previous point, Adam, how do you sell by asking questions? Just keep asking questions about their business. And a lot of that LinkedIn outreach is asking people questions because that's, mm. you're going to find something you're going to bond over. You know, I, it's opening loops. You know, we, 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 yeah, we, we have a difficulty sometimes um, ignoring an open loop and uh, yeah, it's, it's there to engage. And you know, that's how we have conversations, ask questions back and forth. So, well, and yeah, like you can even, I mean, it, it starts like one of the best clients we have, I basically argued with him over well, American football. I don't want to start that whole debate, <laughs> but we'll call it American football. Um, you know, I'm a Falcons fan. He was a big Niners fan. The Niners have ruined our lives in several championship games. So, uh, you know, that back and forth LinkedIn eventually generated some business. Mm. So Resist well, the I, I want to jump in there because I, I think that's a very, very important thing to um, bring up in that sometimes we think, oh, well, if we are selling businesses or selling to businesses, B2B and all the rest of it, I have to be corporate, business focused, all the rest of it. Whereas actually, that's the worst thing you can do sometimes, a lot of the time, because you are at the end of the day building a relationship with someone. And, you know, that whole no like trust cliche, it's it's a cliche for a reason. And people need to, to, to have some kind of bonding over not just the thing that you're selling, that personal <laughs> thing, that, that banter back and forth. I mean, you know, they say the majority of business and politics is done on the golf course for a reason. <laughs> well, and, and the funny thing is, and we both have daughters, and so we're both stuck watching a lot of Disney movies. You know, there's oh, a scene God, in yeah. Shrek where he's like, you know, ogres are like onions. There's lots of layers, you know, people are the same way. <laughs> I get all my all my great sales material comes from Disney. Um, well, but, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have plenty of that in a few, in a few years. I guarantee you. Uh, but it's true. You got to get to the next layer of the onion. You got to get you know past the surface level stuff, and that's how you bond with people. And to your point, that's how you get it. And you can create messaging that helps you. And yeah. automation is not the replacement of personalization. That is, mm. it's that's when it's used poorly. 
what you really need to do is just conduct things in a way and keep yourself organized. We're talking a lot about just straight outreach because that's usually what people are most interested in. But you can also use these automated and these step things to even keep yourself disciplined in your own business. We create sequences in our industry, not only for outreach, but also just check in the box when we have a new client that comes in. We throw them into our new client setup sequence. It triggers us to do a bunch of actions that then it's like, okay, we need to do this. Then we get to the credit stuff. Then we do this, blah, 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 blah. Um, and make sure that you don't miss anything. You know, and the one thing that, you know, especially on podcasts and stuff that I talk to lots of people about is outreach, but I don't talk a lot about is retention. Um, mm-hmm. And retention, again, with your investment into all of these tools and all the stuff you do, like you finally got, you know, the fish in the boat. It's like, let's keep it in the boat for the love of God, right? So um, retention is just as much uh, an important part because you need to be, I mean, these people have to feel valued. They can't feel like you just forgot about them as soon as they signed up. And service industry, especially, you're going to get referrals and your ability Mm -hmm. to communicate on a consistent basis and make sure that you are asking for feedback on your own service and make sure you're doing a good job and that your reputation truly is what you think it is. Our Mm -hmm. tool, I tell everyone, everyone, straight out of the gate, do not, one, I think it might be illegal, but do not use text for outbound sales. Don't text people. It's like, uh, like walking into somebody's house and going straight into their fridge, right? Like there's, mm. there's some kind of relationship boundary. Mm. I'm not really sure what it is, but something's there on the texting. It feels like you're taking it to the next level. Yeah. Every time I'm with a prospect and we're on a texting basis, I'm like, ooh, I like we're at second base now. Mm. So the, um, that's a personal thing. You great. can, yeah, you can automate that. But yeah, the texting thing is always like, that's, that's your sp- that's your special zone. Right? Yeah. Well, in the, in the way that you use automation to do that responsibly is the customer check-in. Mm. Automated, you know, you can send out a, a text to 100 clients at a time saying, how are things going? Just want to check in and make sure that you're happy with mm. the service. And then you're going to get some quick feedback or, oh, thanks mm. for reaching out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm. And it can be excellent. Yeah, because retention, I mean, that's, as you say, it's it's often the thing that, less less people think about less people talk about because it's not that kind of like sexy thing because it's like i've done all that hunting work and it's now i need to cultivate which is like well all that adrenaline that's involved in going out (laughs) and catching now i've got to kind of come down and it's like oh right okay so what have i got to do just like you know cultivate my land or whatever it might be It, it just it doesn't have that same thing but ultimately the growth of a business can come from within Oh. And the, the 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 relationships that you build with your clients, and as we covered earlier, it's not just the the client you have, but it's all of the people behind them, and all of the people behind them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And yeah, I think that I mean it's one of the things I preach. It's like one of the first things that you need to look at if you're trying to attract more clients or grow a business. Start with what you've got, because there is gold in your client list. You just don't know or have not started trying to actually go in and, and, and find it and how do you do it well you do it by going back and asking questions and having a conversation and seeing if there's any way you can add value to them or anyone else they know that's the most simple version of it i guess yeah and and the like I, and i would go just on top of that is when you start to figure out like okay so i have these clients adam's saying that there's a bunch of money there how do i go about it that first conversation is finding the happiest ones if you're not asking everybody how they feel about your service one you can't root out churn by addressing the bad things you have in your business. And let's face it, yeah. we all have stuff. There's skeletons in everyone's closet, right? 
Um, but the other part is addressing the guys that you did perfectly. Okay. Why do you love the tool so much? Why do you love the service so much? What did it do? How did it go? And putting past that, just then they're going to be way more, you know, Hey, I got, you should call this guy. You should call that guy. I'm going to put you in touch with this guy. And then that's when you start getting the networking stuff going. And, and, and a simple, powerful. a simple thing that people can do just listening to this is, is just go and Google net promoter score, for example. That's one of the most simplest ways that you can start to find out what your clients think of you. And it is a simple um, way that you ask your clients or your customers um, out of zero to 10, how likely are you to refer us to a friend? And you will know by what your average score is over the amount of time or the amount of people that actually then um, respond to that, what your overall satisfaction rate is. So First of all, you know if you're going to be a referable business because people think, well, I'm not getting referrals, but they don't know what their <laughs> NPS score is. Yeah. So like if they then did that and found out that their average NPS is like 4.6, that might be why. You've got to actually work at the core problem, which is you need to actually do something that is valuable. Whereas if you then do that and th- find that you know you are at a level 9.7, you know, but you're still not getting the referrals, you know, it's probably because you're not necessarily giving your clients the tools that they need in order to be able to effectively refer you. Yeah. And that's something you can do with 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 technology and automation and, and all the rest of it. But what I don't want to do is sort of go down another rabbit hole because um <laughs> you know I am I need to be respectful of um of obviously your time. So I guess the the, the thing I want to leave people with is is one of the is is a, a reiteration of something that you have um already um touched on and that is as wonderful as all these tools and technologies are they do not replace the need for the personal touch. They can amplify the impact of it and they can take a lot of that sort of the, the grunt work out of it. But ultimately, once you get into an actual conversation, there is no technology in the world that can automate a relationship. Correct. Technology can help speed up the process to having those conversations, that relationship. And if what Jesse has been talking about has got you thinking, this sounds like something cool. Go and check it out. Um, website is, um, remind me of the website again. So tryoncourse.com. So you can go to tryoncourse.com and you can either request a demo or just set up a time right there for a demo. Um, one of our um, lovely ladies or guys will walk you through the tool. And the one thing that I, um, and I want personal feedback, my email, I don't really care if people do it. It's jesse, G-E-S-S-I-E at uh, tryoncourse.com. Um, and if you hear anything differently, I want to know, but a lot of times, you know, you're going to get a lot of questions on what are you trying to do in your business? How are you selling things today? And how can our tool help? Because again, we got to be square peg, square hole in order to make this thing work. Um, and so we're just really trying to find out the clients we can help the best. Awesome. And, uh, you're active in other places, LinkedIn, any other social so yeah so really most of the stuff is on linkedin um again i'm the laziest salesman in america so i don't do a lot but uh you know i did actually discover adam you're gonna love this that the real jesse jesse with the g was available on twitter and so my marketing team signed me up immediately and so i just love saying you can follow me on the real jesse I haven't even looked to see if mine's available. Maybe I should do, but um, awesome. So yeah, if you want to uh, connect with Jesse, find out more. Um, I'll put all those links into the show note. But um, yeah, Jesse, thank you ever so much for coming on. Um, yeah, we could probably geek out about the the automation side of things and all the amazing sequences that you can you, you can create with uh, with what you've got. But um, yeah, 
other people aren't quite as geeky as us, I'm sure. But just know that this is powerful um, if you use it right. So um, with that said, Jesse, thanks again and happy fishing. Hey, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on, Adam. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally, and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.